This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I'm going to continue um, on a, a really part two of a, a teaching series that I began last week in Matthew chapter 24, speaking specifically about some of the conditions in the world that the Bible says would be um, in existence just before the return of Christ. Uh, so I'm going to continue along those lines today and uh, probably the next couple of weeks as well. But let me just kind of quickly go back and give a, a little bit of a, a, a quick review of Matthew chapter 24, part one, and then we're going to jump in and continue it in part two today. So uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, uh, Matthew chapter 24, it's really when uh, Jesus begins to talk about the great tribulation and the fact that no one knows the day or the hour and gives a lot of the signs of the conditions in the world at just just before the end of the age and his return. And so um, a lot of times you'll have conversations with people about this particular chapter, and there will be, for lack of a better word, conversations or debate about, is this re- does this refer to the, the rapture of the church, or does it refer to the tribulation period only, after the rapture of the church? And most people believe that it re- refers to the period during the tribulation, but I will tell you also that I believe, uh, because, you know, let's look at a timeline of history. The rapture happens, and then we enter into a seven-year period known as the tribulation. So in the, in the big picture, the big scheme of things, uh, conditions that are going on during the, during the tribulation, I believe also the early stages of them are taking place just prior to the rapture of the church. And I believe we're living in these days right now. I love it, the fact that the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour of the return of Christ, not even the Son of God, nor the angels, but only the Father. And so anybody, anybody that does any time setting as far as trying to say, well, I I think it'll be this date uh, or this week specifically or something like that, I I believe they've either uh, been mistaken or they've been misled because nobody knows the day or the hour. However, Jesus gave some indications that um, we, we were to know some of the signs of the times. And I want to flip over quickly, and I want to read a passage uh, that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, talking about the last days, the end of times, Jesus said, whenever you see it, and this is in Luke chapter 12, verse 54, it says, then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, Immediately you say a shower is coming, and and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there would be hot weather, and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? See, I believe as followers of Christ, and especially as students of the Bible, we are called to have a discernment of the times. And I will tell you that, There are many, many, many signs, and I should go back and do this series again 
several years ago. I did uh, about a 12-week teaching series, and it was titled uh, 44 Signs That We're Living in the Very Last Days. And I gave one sign after another and backed up each sign with Scripture to describe that I believe that we are living in the last days, and I believe we're closer uh, closer now than we were then. I believe there's many, many, many signs that the Bible gives us that we are living in the very last days before the return of Christ. And while no one knows the day or the hour, I believe as followers of Christ, we are to have some discernment to understand the times that we're living in. And so it's from that viewpoint that a lot of my ministry is, uh, is, has been birthed from. I do a lot of teaching about end times. I do a lot of teaching about conditions in the world today, not necessarily specifically calling and speaking about the rapture or the tribulation, but just about the fact that the Bible says at the end of the age, before Christ returns, these are going to be the conditions in the world. And when I say the conditions in the world, I'm talking about physical conditions. I'm talking about spiritual conditions. I'm talking about um, from a morality and from a societal viewpoint the Bible is really, when you really dig in and study the Bible, it's just so amazing because it reads like today's newspaper, it reads like yesterday's newspaper, and it reads like tomorrow's newspaper. And it, it's always relevant. It was relevant when it was written. It's relevant today, and, and it always will be. And so it's from that viewpoint that I started in Matthew chapter 24, and we did part one. So let me go back and just do a, a couple-minute of review before I jump in uh, to part two today. So in Matthew chapter 24, um, in verse 3, I'll start reading in verse 3, and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly since we covered this in depth on last week's program. It says, Now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So really, there's... A couple of questions here in that particular verse. And Jesus, they, they want to know, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, while those are one question together, they can also be kind of split apart and say, tell us what the signs of the are, uh, uh, will be uh, at the end of the age and the, and the signs of, uh, of your coming. And so uh, in, in verse 4 it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed. That means pay attention, be aware. Take heed that no one deceives you. Um, He says in verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, I think it's important for us to stop and look at a couple things right here. The first thing is it says, Jesus says, pay attention. In other words, be on guard. And Jesus wouldn't say that unless he wanted us to be on guard. And he says that no one deceives you. And then in verse 5, he mentions again, says, and many people will be deceived. I find it interesting, and it's not coincidental, that twice right there in two sentences, Jesus talks about the deception. And I will tell you that one of the signs that we're living in right now at the end of the age is the spirit of deception will increase, and it is increasing, and it will continue to be increasing. Actually, Jesus, as I'm flip, if, if I jump way ahead real quick, Jesus says in the same chapter, verse 24, uh, 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 chapter 24, in verse 24, he says, false Christ and, and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And then he says, see, I have told you beforehand. So three times in this chapter of Matthew chapter 24, 
Jesus mentions that many, many will be deceived. And folks, I'm telling you, and I don't mean this from a critical or a mean stance, many, many people today are being deceived. The spirit of deception is rampant in our world today, and that's one of the signs that we're living in the last days. Jesus mentions it many times. The Bible, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about it in other areas that we'll get into in the next couple of weeks as I continue this teaching. But Jesus says, uh, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And then he continues in Matthew chapter 24 in verse 6, and he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not year, uh, is not yet. And, and I know people say, well, Craig, there have always been wars and rumors of wars. And that's a true statement. However, if you, and, and I always, when I say this, I hesitate to use this term, but it's a term that is used frequently now when we're going to go do some research about a topic or about a subject, uh, because I don't believe everything I read on Google, but there is a lot of information out there that you can receive through Google to kind of decipher what you think is true and what you don't think is true. And if you Google um, wars and rumors of wars or wars in this current world we're living in, you know, when we hear of wars, we think of, you know, a, a World War II, World War One, uh, Vietnam War. Uh, we, we, we think of the big wars, and, of course, those do apply. However, when we hear the word wars, there, there can be regional conflicts. There can be spiritual warfare going on. There can be a civil war going on within one nation between more than one group. And then there can be regional conflicts, smaller countries where war is breaking out, where there are um, uh, different um, small groups that are committing uh, violent acts. Those are all a form of warfare. And so when Jesus says, uh, you will hear of wars and rumors of war, if you Google it, there are more um, small regional, large, just warfare in general, we're at an all-time high right now in this world. And Jesus said, see that you're not troubled. In other words, and I want to make this comment because I think it's important as followers of Christ, we hold on to this. Let me tell you something, folks. I, I'm a kind of a news junkie. I spend a lot of time reading the news, watching the news, studying the news. And if Jesus was not my Lord and Savior, I, I think I would be frantic a lot of the time. These are some very, very disturbing times we're living in in so many different ways. From a society viewpoint, from um, natural disasters viewpoint, from just a, um, a lawlessness and a corruption viewpoint in the world. If I didn't have Jesus as my Lord and Savior, there would be times that I would be overrun with, with um, anxiety. And I think that even a lot of followers of Christ are but over and over again, the Bible says, do not fear. Jesus says here, when you see these things begin to happen, don't be troubled. He says, you, don't, don't be troubled by these things. And, and here's what I want to say to encourage some people out there listening. I know that as you watch um, America and watch the world continue to spiral out of control, it's difficult not to be troubled. But if Jesus is your Lord and if he is your Savior— we don't have to fear what's happening in the world today. And I'm not trying to make light of the subject, but I don't fear what's happening in America today because I don't put my trust in mankind. I love America. I'm a patriot. I was born here, but I don't put my trust in America. I don't put my trust in politicians or the leaders 
uh, the spiritual leaders or the, or the, the um, uh, financial leaders in this country. I put my trust in, in one thing, and that is in Jesus Christ. And in doing that, and being a student of the Word, I don't have to fear because I know how this thing's going to end. Do I know the day or the hour? I do not. But I believe with all my heart that the Bible teaches that before things get too much more difficult, that Jesus will come and rapture, remove all true believers from the planet. I have people sometimes ask me, Craig, do you think we're in the tribulation period? Folks, hear me clearly. There will be no doubt. There will be no doubt when this world has entered into the tribulation period. The Bible says those last seven years of history before the return of Christ to set up his millennial kingdom, that those seven years will be the worst seven years in the history of mankind. Jesus, as a matter of fact, says if those days were not shortened, no one would survive. The, the world that we know now will be gone. It will literally be hell on earth. And so the answer to that question, are we in the tribulation? No. When we enter into the tribulation, it will be very clear that we have entered into the tribulation. We are now living in a time right now that Jesus calls here in the next couple of verses, birth pains, the beginning of sorrows. And he continues here, and, and that's actually the next verse that we're going to look at, because Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 7, For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And I spent a considerable amount of time on, uh, on part one of Matthew 24 teaching on that particular verse. Um, again, if you Google it, you will see that um, there's a tremendous amount of the world population is uh, close to or in, th- in threat of being uh, starving right now. Um, earthquakes, natural disasters in general, they are increasing. It's not because of global warming. It's because of uh, this is the, it's because of the days that we're living in the last days. See, part of the deception is that we can change the, the that we can lower the temperature, that we can turn back the the global warming or whatever the, all these natural disasters. Folks, let me tell you something: man can man mankind cannot save this planet. You need to you need to hear this clearly. <clears throat> we could go all electric, and it's not going to save the planet. We could stop using fossil fuels. It's not going to save the planet. These things are not happening because we're using too much petroleum. These things are happening because this world has thumbed their nose at God, is defiantly in rebellion to Jesus Christ and we're into his word. And these are the early signs of God's wrath that is going to be poured out upon this planet during the seven-year tribulation period. So... Jesus says nation will rise against nation, and that can even that can even apply within a nation itself. Listen, folks, right now, because nation means ethnic, right now we are having a nation against a nation and a kingdom against a kingdom right here in America. We've never been this divided before as a nation. And I don't see any scenario where the, the left and the right are going to come back together in agreement, and we're going to become one nation under God again here in America. And I'm not trying to paint a doom and gloom. I'm a realist. You Just seriously be honest with yourself. Do you see a scenario where those on the left are going to all of a sudden come in agreement with those on the right? 
and conservatives are just automatically going to give in and say, you know what, we no longer consider ourselves conservatives. We're going to go over to the liberal side uh, on, on all our positions. I just, there, that's not going to happen. This country is not going to come back together. And the Bible says, can two walk together unless they are in agreement? Folks, it, there's a reason there, that America is not in end times prophecy. Our greatest days are not ahead of us, and I hate to say that, but that that's from a biblical viewpoint. Look at the times that we're living in. Jesus said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. And then he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And in the Greek, that means in those three words, beginning of sorrows, means birth pains. And we know when a woman enters into labor... She begins to have contractions. They get closer and closer together. They get more and more severe, and they increase in intensity. That's what we're seeing right now are the birth pains. The the natural disasters are increasing in intensity and frequency. Um, the, the, the wars and the rumors of war, wars around the world are increasing in intensity and frequency. The famines and the pestilences, the diseases, um, the COVIDs, whatever you want to call every bit of it, they're increasing. And they're going to continue to increase. And Jesus said it would be this way just before his return. And this is where we're at. Now, I'm going to take my first break, come back, and I'm going to jump in. And we're going to begin uh, from Matthew chapter 24. We're going to begin in chapter nine, or verse 9. And that's really where I want to begin my teaching for, for today. Uh, my name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up for Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. I'm, this is Stand Up For Jesus, and I'm Craig Nedro. So this is part two on my teaching series of Matthew chapter 24. And whenever I teach from the Scriptures, folks, I love to look at the, the Word of God from a, a, uh, with fresh eyes, from a current perspective, the Bible says the Word of God is alive and active, and that means it was relevant when it was written. You can read, uh, you could have read a scripture uh, or a verse, set of verses or a particular verse that meant something to you 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, three years ago, and then you could read that verse again today, and it can mean what it meant before, but it can also mean something completely new and fresh to you because the Word of God is alive and active. And so I love to study the Word from the perspective of when it was written, to who it was written, by who it was written, and the the time that it was written in. But I also like to look at it from a current perspective to say, okay, the Word of God is alive and active. How does this Word still apply in our world today? And I think Matthew chapter 24 is an amazing chapter in the Bible because we are living in these last days before the return of Christ. And I want to start teaching now. I want to continue. We're in Matthew chapter 24 and I'm going to continue in verse 9. And this is all this teaching is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 9, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Now, we have to really look at words closely and the words around certain words. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. When Jesus says they will deliver you up to tribulation, Jesus said you will have tribulation. In other words, you will have troubles. You will have concerns. But that's not the tribulation. There is a period of time coming 
that the Bible calls the tribulation. It's a seven-year period, and the last three and a half years of that is called is referred to in the Bible as the great tribulation. But that's not the same as us. Look, we're experiencing a little bit of tribulation now in our world, and some people are experiencing it more difficult than some others. But that's not the tribulation. And Jesus said they will deliver you up to tribulation. In other words, times will become more and more uh, filled with anxiety, more stressful, more difficult for believers. And I believe that we are seeing that now. And he says some people will be killed, and we're witnessing that uh, around the world. Some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are actually being martyred. And he said, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. Now, here in America, when we when I was growing up, I'm 66 years old, and when I was growing up, this particular verse, when it said, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake, I, we didn't really feel that here in America because uh, we were kind of insulated. Um, we um, God's hand has been on this nation. But now we are witnessing that as followers of Christ, and, and listen, I don't mean this term in a negative uh, connotation, but if you don't think that we as Christians, as true followers of Christ, if you don't think we're a minority now, and if you don't think that we're literally being hated around the world, not everywhere, but in a majority of the world, and even here in America, there is an outward, um, I hate to say hatred, but there's an outward distrust and an outward dislike and an outward hatred towards Christians. And if you don't believe that, I believe that you're a little naive or that you haven't been paying attention. Uh, if you don't know it now, you will f- continue to—you will become aware of it in the future. And those of us that are aware of it, it will get worse. The, the persecution of our Christian faith, the dislike by unbelievers towards believers is not going to stop. It's not going to dissipate. It's going to continue because the Word says it's going to continue. Jesus says, you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And that's just something that we couldn't have really related to 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago here in America, but we can feel it now. And then Jesus says, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Now think about world conditions. Think about it in our own country right now. Is there not an open hatred between groups? Listen, it really got amplified during COVID and, 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 after, and when the riots started. You really saw that um, people w- were, were hating one another. Uh, there was, um, and, and notice there, Jesus said, many will be offended. I've never lived in my 66 years in my life, I've never seen a time when people are more easily offended. You, you can't hardly do anything without offending somebody. And just look at it in our schools. Uh, if we said, well, we want, to, we want to have prayer in school, because one person gets offended by that, because one, uh, one mother or father wants to be offended by that, that and, and they raise their voice, all of a sudden there's an outcry, and we have to stop praying in school. It's crazy. Fifty years ago, if somebody would have said, I'm offended that you're praying in school, you know what they'd have said? If you don't like it, take your kid out of school. But it was a given we were going to pray in our schools. I've never seen a time when people are so easily offended. And think about it. It's just it, there's an explosion of people being offended. And it says right here, Jesus said, many will be offended and will betray one another. People are turning on groups are turning on other groups. 
uh, individuals are turning on individuals. Family members are turning on family members. And Jesus said it would be this way. And he says, and people will hate one another. There is such an outred hatred from the left to the right. Now, I don't, I'm not going to apologize um, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to stay out of the politics here, but I am a conservative Christian, and I make no apologies for it. And I know that a lot of people, if I said I'm a, a conservative Christian, they will. Act, you can just feel the hatred towards me because I, I make that statement, and it never used to be that way. But there is an open hostility to confessing that you're a conservative Christian, to the fact where a lot of people are hesitant to state that. They say, well, I. You know, I don't want to offend anybody. There's that offense again, okay? But, folks, there's nothing wrong. If you find yourself as a conservative Christian and you want to go one step further, I'm a conservative Christian Republican. There's nothing wrong with stating that. However, we live in a society today now where you're almost villainized for that. I'm going to take my second break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm in Matthew chapter 24. I just finished teaching from verse 10 where Jesus said, Many will be offended in the last days, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And I talked about the conditions where there's an open hostility towards conservative Christian um, you know, there's a, there's an open hostility towards a lot of things that there didn't used to be, and I never thought I would see it this way, but it's this way right now in our world. And then Jesus continues in verse 11, and he says, And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now, I mentioned at the start of the program, back over in uh, verse 4, Jesus says, Be careful, take heed that no one deceives you. Then he says in verse 5, many will, and people, uh, people will rise up saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. Then in verse 23, or verse 24, he says, um, people will show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. And then right here, this is the four times in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says in verse 11, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. <clears throat> and I want to talk about that just for a second. There are so many religions that are popping up. You hear, as followers of Christ, we hear things like this from people. You know, it's awfully narrow-minded for you Christians to say that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And I will tell you it is narrow-minded. But the person who said it wasn't me. The person who said it was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very narrow statement. It's a narrow road. <clears throat> he says, enter by the narrow road. For wide is the road and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many travel by that. But narrow is the road. Difficult is the way which leads to eternal life. And there are a few who find it. And so here, when Jesus says uh, false uh, false teachers, or uh, he says, uh, false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There are so many different. I'm going to I'm going to make a comment here in a second. There are so many different religions out there now. Do you know one of the fastest growing churches right now is the the Church of Satan. Demon demonic churches are on the rise. That tells you 
The enemy has come out of the closet. The enemy is bold and loud and right there in front of us. And so when Jesus says many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, listen, and I don't mean this to be insensitive to anybody, but if you are involved in any religion that does not confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, rose on the third day, ascended to heaven, sits at God's right hand, and shall and will come again. If you are part of any religion that denies that, then you have been deceived. And I'm not saying that to be controversial or to be hatred, hateful. I'm telling you that because I care enough to tell you the truth is Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And he's not one of the ways, one of the truths, and one of the lives. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through him. And if that statement offends you, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to apologize for it because I'm not going to apologize for the truth. Jesus continues here in Matthew chapter 24, and this is an amazing statement he makes right here in verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Let me take just a second and talk about lawlessness will abound. Just think about how much in the last 10 to 15 years our society here in America has changed. I don't ever remember a time of lawlessness that we are witnessing in our nation right now. And when I talk about lawlessness, let me, let me drill down just a little bit. We know that lawlessness means breaking the law. Just, you know, if, if, the, if the law says you can't steal more than $1,000, people are going to steal more than 1000 um, When I was growing up, it was if you got, st- got caught stealing something worth more than $50, it was a class, a class C felony. It was no misdemeanor. A misdemeanor was up to $50. Now a misdemeanor is up to $1,000. Hmm. Why would we move that bar from $50 to 1000 I can walk into any store and, and, and steal a lot, a lot of stuff to get up to $1,000 and, and just get a misdemeanor, a slap on the hand. And now we're in the period now where we're not even stopping. People walk into stores and steal stuff, and we're not even stopping them. They're on camera, and they don't care. They're not prosecuted. And if they are arrested, they're out before, before the end of the day and never prosecuted. There is a spirit of lawlessness in our society here in America. And that lawlessness not only applies to what I just described, but ultimately lawlessness means rebellion to God's Word. Anything that God's Word says is right, if you say, no, I disagree with that, that's lawlessness. If God's Word says this is wrong, and you say, no, I don't agree with that, I believe it's right, that's that's the ultimate form of lawlessness. God put rules and regulations in place, just like, you know, the rules that we have on our, on our uh, legal books here in the United States are meant to, so we would have a civilized society, that we would have structure, that we're a nation of laws and orders. Well, you know what? The Bible is a book of laws and orders. God is not a, law, not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. He's a God of structure. And he is the creator of everything. And when God says this is right and this is wrong, he's not asking you and I's opinion. 
He is God. He doesn't need our opinion. He doesn't need our approval. And he's not asking for a debate. When God says, this is wrong, that means it was wrong when he said it, and it is still wrong, still wrong today, and it will always be wrong. When God says, this is right, I'm going to probably offend some people, but when God said marriage is between one man and one woman, he meant it when he said it, and he established a, an order there. And he still means it today, and that order is still established. When God said sexual immorality was wrong, when he said it, it was wrong, it's wrong today, and it will always be wrong. And I know people go, you're stepping way out of bounds, Craig. I'm not stepping out of any of bounds, okay? I, I'm, I'm staying in what God's Word says is right and what's wrong. And the Bible says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. See, there is no gray area with God. Something is either right or it's wrong. And I'm not trying to promote this right now, but my second book is getting ready to be released, and the title of the book is called You Can't Handle the Truth. And I go chapter by chapter by chapter by chapter, and I talk about the world and the nation that we're in right now, and I talk about it from a biblical standpoint. And the cover of the book has part white and then a little gray area in the middle and then black because things used to be black and white, light and dark. But now the devil has created this gray area that that the majority of the society likes to live in this gray area where they go, yeah, it might be wrong for you, but that doesn't mean it's wrong for me. This might be right for you, but that doesn't mean it's right for me. It's a gray area. And that's one of the, 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 the greatest deceptions that the devil puts on people is that there's a gray area. Did God really say? He's been doing it since the Garden of Eden, and he's still doing it today. And Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. So I've talked about lawlessness. It is, it is breaking the law of man, but it's also breaking the law of God, being rebellious to what God says and what his word says, And then it says the results of that is that the love of many will grow cold. Think about our nation today. And our nation is a reflection of the world. I just never thought I would see such a cruelty, such violence, and open hatred towards one another. And when Jesus said many will betray one another, that's what he's talking about. It's a betrayal in words. It's a betrayal uh, in emotions and feelings and in actions. And we're witnessing all that right now. You know, as I read these verses from what Jesus uh, Jesus spoke here in Matthew chapter 24, does this not sound like our world right now? And does it not seem as though the world is spiraling out of control? Because, folks, it is. And it's not because we use too much oil. It's because we're living in the last days and we've been in rebellion to God and his word. And that book I just mentioned that is getting ready to come out called You Can't Handle the Truth, I'm going to peel the onion back and look at all the different areas that are problems in our nation today and in our world today, and I'm going to back everything in that book up with Scripture and get it down to the root of what's really wrong today. I'm going to take my last break. My name is Craig Nedrow, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedrow on Christian Talk Radio. 
The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up for Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. This is part two in Matthew 24 with a perspective of where we're at right now in the world. And I just finished teaching from uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, when Jesus says, uh, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And I think that describes our world to a T today. And then he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And just like uh, before, um, when I said I want to encourage people, um, I want to encourage you here. If you're a follower of Christ, we are called to endure. You know, I know it's upsetting, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this real personal here for a second. My wife's name is Micah, and Micah and I, Micah and I have children, and we have grandchildren. And we have grandchildren as young as 8 and as old as 21. Uh, we have two grown children. And as we watch what's happening in the world today, and I'm 66 years old, I'm watching the demise of America. I'm watching um, the um, unwi- unraveling of society worldwide. I I can't tell you, if Jesus doesn't come back before here before then, I can't tell you what the world's going to look like in 10 years, or I can't tell you what it's going to look like in 20 or 25 or 30 years. But my concern is not for me because I, I, one way or the other, either Jesus is going to return and I'm going to be raptured with all other believers, or at some point in the future I'm going to I'm going to pass away and I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. Bible says to be absent from the body is be present with the Lord, and I rejoice in that day. I look forward to eternity in heaven with Jesus and with all my brothers and sisters in Christ and with my Father in heaven. However, if Jesus tarries. My concern is for my kids and my grandkids. Folks, you know you see those DYI programs where it has a before picture and an after, and the after picture is always so much prettier than the before. You know, I know what the before picture was here. I know what the world has looked like the last 20 or 30 or 40 years. I grew. I know what America looked like. This was a great country. Was it perfect? No, but there is no such thing. But this was a great country. And what I haven't had anybody give me a, a a description of that I can hang my hat on is what's this going to look like after? As we continue down this road of defund the police and transvestites and allowing our kids to have sex changes and the moral and spiritual road that we're on, the depravity that is engulfing America. Can somebody please give me a description of the after of this? I haven't heard anybody paint me a really good picture of it that sounds very positive. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. But how I, I will tell you this with 100% certainty. When a nation of people says to God, we no longer care about you. We think you're irrelevant. We don't believe in your word. We think your word is irrelevant. We're not going to abide by your word. We're not going to try to live by your word anymore. We know better than you know, God. We've evolved as a society. When a group of people does that, I can tell you with 100% certainty, the outcome of that, those actions and that attitude are going to be horrible. And we're witnessing it in our country today. However, if you are a follower of Christ, we are called to persevere. 
we are called to endure. And when Jesus says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved, if you're a follower of Christ, we're in the birth pangs. We're in the beginning of sorrows. Things will be will continue to get worse. However, before they get too bad, the Bible teaches us clearly that Jesus said, I will keep you from the hour of trial that will come upon the whole earth. The Bible says he will, he, he will rescue us from the wrath to come. And again, I don't know that day or that hour or that week or that month or that year, but I do know this. We are getting closer and closer to the return of Christ. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, he says in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Once the the church is raptured, there will be an outpouring and there will be millions and millions of people that will come to Christ during the seven-year tribulation. Many of them will be killed for their faith. But when the church is raptured, many people will wake up and say, exactly what our loved ones were telling us about has happened. And they'll be studying the Bible and seeing that what the Bible said says was going to happen has taken place. And there will be an, a, a, a revival during the tribulation period. And this gospel will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then at the end of the seven-year tribulation, Jesus will return with the church and he will establish his, his millennial 1,000-year kingdom rule. And that will be, that's when the end will come, when Jesus will return. It's called the second advent. I appreciate you tuning in. Next week, I'm going to continue uh, teaching in Matthew chapter 24. Today was part two, and uh, I ask you to continue to, to tune in. I, I appreciate you listening. I'm on every Sunday from noon to one on 100.7 FM, The Word. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up for Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up for Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM.